He had his fingers so far up her flat ass, she looked like a sock puppet. Hi everyone, welcome to Movie Pain or Pleasure podcast, the show where we watch movies and tell jokes and complain and decide if it's a hate watch that's painful or a nice guilty pleasure that we could watch over and over again. My name is Melanie Gibson. I'm your co-host. AJ Wall. Hi, AJ. What are we talking about today? Best of the best. Best of the best. But before we do that, we have something that we owe you, our audience. So the last time on our Cruella episode, we said that her father was probably the one that had the white and black streaks in his hair, the skunk hair. And we said it should be Peter Lorre's character from this amazing movie, and we couldn't remember the name. So the name of the movie is The Man Who Knew Too Much, which was directed by Alfred Hitchcock in the 1930s and then redirected by Alfred Hitchcock again in the 1950s. But you need to watch the one from the 30s with Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre is fabulous in everything. In The Maltese Falcon, in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, he's amazing. He's such a little jerk. We love him. He fits right in with our kind of people. So The Man Who Knew Too Much, if you want to see what Cruella's real father probably looked like. So, yeah, we are talking about Best of the Best, and we watched it on Netflix, so you may be able to find it there. It was produced in 1989. The story is by Philip Ree and Paul Levine. It was directed by Robert Redler, and it stars, among other people, Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, Chris Penn, the brother of Sean Penn, and Philip and his hot brother, Simon Ree. So I think we need to talk about our background coming into this because we're coming in with quite a bias and we also need to talk about the Reed brothers a little bit and, and their part in this history. So why don't we talk a little bit about our own relationship with martial arts and what we're bringing to the table with this podcast today. So AJ, why don't you start with your story because yours is longer than mine. Um, <laughs> okay. That. I don't care. <laughs> um, well, I taught Melanie Taekwondo uh, for several years, but I've been doing it since I was five. So, uh, and I taught for about seven or eight. So I've been in that and the tournament stuff since I was a little kid. And this movie that was, you said, written by, uh, the Lee brothers, well, the Ree brothers, um, it's all inspired by Taekwondo, although the entire movie they speak of karate, 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 karate. So, that's, I guess that's my backstory to it, but... <laughs> yeah, and what about the Ree brothers, Philip and Simon Ree? So, their father, uh, Chun Ree, was the first um, Korean to really break ground in America and start teaching Taekwondo. He created... I believe ATA, unless anyone that listens to this and knows better, you can comment. But uh, I believe that's correct. And that's, we have a mixed relationship with ATA, but they're, they're the originators. So Simon and Philip had a few movie outings. Uh, I think Philip did a few more than his brother. And this was their big mark on, like, Hollywood. This was how they were going to break out. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and I did Taekwondo too. I did it when I was a kid and uh, also started again as an adult. And like AJ said, he was my teacher for a long time. So uh, we have kicked each other in the face 
many times. That's how friendships are born. And I saw this movie when I was a kid doing Taekwondo. I, I swear it was this one. We had a, a lock-in at our Taekwondo Dojang, that's the school, one time. I, I grew up in a small town, so it was very community-oriented, and we had this lock-in. So we had pizza, music, and everything, and then we were in our sleeping bags. And I swear we were watching Best of the Best, and for some reason, at the very end, I'm just sobbing into my sleeping bag and trying to hide so nobody sees that I'm crying. I used to cry for weird things in movies, like I cried when the penguin died in Batman Returns. But I was just sobbing at the end of this, and I always told myself, it was, oh, it was because one of the characters died. Well, someone dies in the past, but none of the main characters die. So when I watched it, I thought, oh, okay, the ending is emotional. So maybe that's what got to me. So, um, and it still gets to me. There's a, a line that I really love from it, even though this is kind of a cheesy movie. But um, it's a special movie to me because it reminds me of being a kid training in Taekwondo. And um, I love doing Taekwondo. It means a lot to me. It means so much that I even wrote a book about it, about how it helped me get over some mental health struggles, which can be a big problem for a lot of people. And if you're interested, the book is called Kicking and Screaming, A Memoir of Madness and Martial Arts. It's available at all booksellers. And as an added bonus, AJ's in the book. Sure. <laughs> he, just, he just told me to stop. I didn't tell her to stop. She's a shill. But it's it's a good shill. Oh, shill. I thought you said shill like in Korean. No. Like at ease. Okay, see, the Taekwondo oh, nerdiness is already, Taekwondo nerdiness is already, already coming out. Nobody wants to hear all the terminology. Yeah, but um, we're going to hear it because they say it in the movie. They do. Which they should I, do I more, like it. But, I like it. Um, yeah, buy the damn book. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. by the damn book, you can read about me and all my drama. And uh, uh, AJ is the one with his head on straight in the book. So you can read more about my Taekwondo journey there. And we do love to watch martial arts movies. Uh, I never really watched them when I wasn't doing Taekwondo, um, even though AJ said I really should be watching them because I like to break shit it with my hands. It just didn't make sense. I like to break shit with my hands. I brought so. up Jackie Chan. She's like, I've never watched Jackie Chan. Movie. I don't like Jackie Chan, but really. I'm a woman in my 40s. Why would I ever watch a Jackie Chan movie? And then I show her Rumble in the Bronx. There you go. That's and it's it. amazing. Yeah. So. So maybe we can talk about it. We'll talk about Jackie Chan on another podcast. Yeah. So anyway, we love Taekwondo. We have a lot of um, expertise in Taekwondo. I'm a second degree black belt. He's a fifth degree black belt. So uh, we love all martial arts. This happens to be the one that we do. So um, we we're, we're but we're coming into this with quite a bias and. I think you can still enjoy it if you're not a martial artist. If you like just kind of like a douchey bro action movie, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's, it's... fun, yeah. But if, if you're a martial artist, it's, it's like as a as a someone who's raised Catholic, I really enjoy the movie Dogma because there's so much depth that, that you get. You get all the inside jokes. So as a martial artist, I think people should watch this just to get all the inside jokes. So... Do you have anything else, or can we get into the movie? No, we should probably just get Let's into it. Let's just get into the movie. So it opens on this big, majestic field in Korea, and we see all of these guys in Taekwondo uniforms. They're all black belts, and they're doing very fundamental movements, uh, horseback stance, punches, things like that. And when I saw that, it reminds me of when I go to YouTube and I look up forms that I can't remember, either Taeguk or Palway, and it's this crappy quality guy out in a field somewhere doing the form and it's like he's in the background so when he keops it's kind of muffled but I swear it's that same field and that guy is probably in that group of of men doing punches and snap kicks and basic taekwondo foundational stuff so this is just a hint of 
hey, here's a movie about Taekwondo, but we're not going to say it's Taekwondo. No. It, well, I guess... No, they don't. They just show the Korean te- team group doing their, like, uh, probably morning ritual or mm-hmm. whatever, based on the way Some, they... Something they, that, that we lazy Americans don't do. Yeah, based on the way they treat the yeah. Koreans in this movie. And then, right. uh, yeah, the Koreans are badasses in this movie. So then we start meeting the main characters, and the main character is Alex Grady, played by Eric Roberts, with a pretty fabulous head of hair. So much hair, though. It's kind of a mullet, and it's, it's kind, kind of, of too much. It looks like if you have if you have long hair and you have it in a ponytail for a while, and you take the ponytail out, and there's that bump, so you don't get that nice fullness. You just have that weird bump. So Alex what it Green, looks like yeah. is L'Oreal. That's what it looks he, like. Yeah, it was L'Oreal. <laughs> he looks like he could be in a hair commercial. He also looks like Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. Extremely. Extremely. When he cries. Yeah, we'll God. talk about that. He sounds like Buffalo Bill, too. <laughs> I'd fight me. Could you fight me? I'd fight me. Anyway, so we meet Grady, and he works at a, a auto manufacturing plant, and he gets a letter inviting him to the to qualify for the U.S. national karate team, which is totally normal. Totally normal. They just seek out people who have been out of the, this guy's probably in his late thirties, been out of the game for a while, and so. He gets a random letter just saying, hey, you got a golden ticket. Come to this tournament and qualify for the U.S. national team. And then we switch to our other main character, played by Philip Ree. His name is Tommy Lee. Not to be confused with Tommy Lee, the musician, but his name is Tommy Lee. We'll just call him Tommy. And he's teaching a kid's taekwondo class. And oh my God, it's It's... so funny and so real. So AJ, why don't you talk about that? Just all the things that, that... came out of that Uh, all the kids in mixed stances was amazing so teaching classes is kind of ridiculous sometimes and um they're never correctly organized it it, you're supposed to teach like teach my kid how to act right and be a part of the group and they never correctly behave anyway but um, the kids are gonna there's be kids. like 30 kids in this room and they only have enough room to like punch straight in front of them without hitting somebody, <laughs> yeah. which we've done too. And, uh, I, the one moment that I liked is while, uh, Tommy is walking through his class and he's given instructions and whatnot, he just picks a kid up and switches his feet for him. <laughs> he doesn't tap him and say, he just picks him up and turns him around. Um, that's all great. The only thing I don't like is there's this, so this is the, I'm going to kind of put you in the headspace of someone who's trying to push Taekwondo into the, the realm of Hollywood and uh, America, I guess. Um, they want to set a good example, like an amazing example. So they have two kids in a little tussle. It's not really a fight. They're just like me grabbing each other. And uh, he goes to talk to them, and he gives, like, the most cookie-cutter, why, why would you hurt each other when you could be friends? Don't you want to be friends? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we want to be friends. Me. That's <laughs> Which, what martial arts is all about. We uh, never look for fights. Except whenever you gear up and hit each other every day. Every time. Um, but that I don't like, but that's kind of a generic thing in martial arts movies in general. But, like, they're... Like I said, they this they don't even call it Taekwondo except 
towards the very end of the movie. So they're trying to set, like, this is what it is. So you get the Boy Scout routine stuff. Yeah, but which, it, that's definitely a Taekwondo But didn't give them any push-ups. Didn't no. sit them against the wall and make them do squats like you would Yeah, what class. I would have done, because these dopey little boys are on the ground rolling around, I would say, well, since you're already on the ground, do 20 push-ups and then come up and shake hands. It, You'd make them sit against the wall. You yeah, were meaner than I was. It's really ridiculous. But anyway, so... But it's, it's funny because I, I like that they show him teaching a kid's class because it kind of says to me that maybe he's not really in the place he wants to be in life. Like, he didn't become this super uh, high-level athlete. He's teaching a kid's class after school. I guess. I don't yeah. know. But so, anyway. so Yeah, so he gets the letter, too. So we get those two, and we don't get a, a setup for the other three. No, we meet them at the qualifying tournament, which that is... <laughs> that's oh yeah, real, that's yes, amazing. That's some realness. Um, the best representation of just a generic—I can't say karate because I haven't been around it—but I'm sure their tournaments are very similar. Uh, taekwondo tournament, especially back in the '80s when this was done, all the mismatched gear. Like it's even done somewhat now, or it, not too far, not too far back, um, with like. The younger kids, with the older ones, they all have the electronic stuff now, which that, that's I don't like, but it's all the same, so no hilarity there. But um, with younger kids and, like, back in the 80s and 90s, the people have those weird big foam half boxing gloves and the big foam shoes on their feet, or they have the tiny little gloves with the forearm guards attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy, actually, is the only person I've ever seen with the just the glove part of the if anyone here is listening that has done taekwondo they know this the white forearm slip guard the century guard yeah he's the only one i've ever seen with just the hand i've never seen that before and maybe i should have done that i have skinny forearms and it was always the it was always hard for me to find gear that fit me and so I, at one point i was wearing boys football pads with like MMA gloves, yeah. but I, mean, I love I love how shitty the tournament is because oh we we've coached at a couple of tournaments and oh my they are always just insane a shit show they're they're always disorganized even the most organized doesn't, ones are disorganized doesn't uh, James Earl Jones walk in and it's, it's a fucking circus and like yeah, yeah it's, it's a it's, circus it's a goddamn circus and that's what like it yes was. it is it is a goddamn circus there are people all over the floor their gear is everywhere none and of their uniforms make any sense they're yeah, all different it's, it's all a big mess and the tournaments are still like that i had a kid one time who had to wait 12 hours to fight and this is it wasn't even at a big tournament so i'm glad my coaching days are over i hate tournaments um so i like watching things about tournaments but man i hated coaching at tournaments yeah. i love the kids but I hated those long days. So the actual tournament in the movie, outside of the that that realism, which was amazing. I don't know if it was so, hilarious. I don't know if it was because it was planned or because it wasn't planned. Because either way, it works. Either somebody didn't plan. There's like, uh, get a bunch of crap together that people can wear, and we're gonna pretend to hit each other. Or they they sent an APB out for all martial artists in the 20 mile area and they all showed up yeah, and they, like, we're going to spar. And none, <laughs> of their, just got extras. none of their crap matched and that's exactly what it would really be like. Yeah, and all the styles were different. It was amazing. But, so, okay, so the actual fights that you start, you start seeing and noticing at the very beginning of the movie is that Philip Ree and the Koreans, great choreography, they always pan out so you can see everything they do. They do a lot of jumps and switches and 
uh, really cool looking shit. And then everybody else, very little wide shots. Mm -hmm. They look stilted. They do a lot more of this like weird, I'll do a catch and a throw and a punch or crap like that. Yeah, or, uh, or you Chris see the Chris Penn kick. got one yeah. good sidekick in. in that. Yeah, and he's, he's a little chunky, dude. He could probably do some pretty good sidekicks. So Chris Penn is in it, and he's a little tough-talking bad boy. He's basically like Joe Pesci in a karate gi. And yeah. there's a guy named Sonny who's an Italian guy from Detroit, and that's and he, his whole personality. That's it. That's yeah. a, he's an Italian they're, from Detroit. And they don't they don't even lean into it very hard. No, and they're, they're just, just like, oh, I'm Italian, and he's talking to uh, Virgil. And the Virgil, Buddhist. yeah, Virgil is a, a skinny guy who said, "Oh, I used to be an Italian, but to, now I'm a Buddhist." So to, he got some good lines. He was kind of funny. Virgil was funny. Today, Virgil, if it was made today, would be like, I don't know, some. Soy boy emo or something like some weird hipstery he type was okay, but character. The, they he, never showed him fighting until the very very end at the final tournament. I, yeah, I don't think he fought in the. I can't remember they if didn't he even show, fought in the first. They tournament. They didn't show. So we also meet James Earl Jones, who said that the tournament is a big old goddamn circus, and he's in a suit, which we we were reflecting. Coaches never wear suits; they're always in athletic no. gear. The old Korean grandmasters. Oh, they loved it. They loved wearing their fedoras and their, their ties and their suits, so he probably wanted to look like the old Korean <laughs> They got to one-up each other. Yeah, so. they got to walk around. They had the big flower, the, like the funeral arrangement flowers at the tournaments. So oh. he, and James Earl Jones is a one-note character. He just screams the whole time. The entire time. He yells thing. and screams. I'm a coach. And this is a team. We must <laughs> yell. Yeah, so like, so that's it. I think he didn't feel like acting. This was probably shot pretty quick. It's a it's a basically today it would be like a Scott Adkins or a Michael J. White movie. It probably got like two months tops. Yeah. Um which it what you get is still pretty good. So he just chews up all that scenery. Yeah, so they finish up, we see a little bit of okay, so uh Grady his whole background is, oh, he's he's fighting because he's been out of the game for several years and his shoulder's messed up or something. He's got a pin in his shoulder. Um, so, therefore, he has the weirdest, most fighting stance I've ever seen in anything. So, oh, it's fine. Um, so, we can... Philip Ree is obviously Taekwondo. Uh, Sean Penn is probably some, like... I don't know, kickboxing class that wears karate uniforms. Sonny and Virgil are the same. They're just sort of karate. And then we get... Uh, yeah. I, I did it, or... He lifts his <laughs> hands He lifts his hands straight in the air, and, and then, then kind of does a hook em horns finger sway thing, and then got, he, he stays in a cat stance the entire time. He sticks his left hand in front of him, and he puts his right hand right straight in front of his crotch. <laughs> that's his and fighting stance. In the balls, it hurts. <laughs> and, and that's it. That's his fighting stance. So, so yeah, and then also, so this is the qualifying tournament. So, um, and meanwhile, in Korea, they're standing in line doing taekwondo-y looking movements, and they are all they are announcing at the same time the people who will fight for the national Korean team in this karate. Tournament. Yeah, still wasted. Even potential. though they're wearing taekwondo uniforms and they're doing taekwondo movements, so yeah, they should have had a, a, a their own. I guess they probably didn't have the time. But since they had all those taekwondo people who could probably actually look good in a fight, they should have had a their own little tournament. But let's they don't. just say you know it's a mixed martial arts tournament without ground fighting. Mm -hmm. It has throws and takedowns, but there's no ground. It fighting. is very very 
in specific. Everybody like, does a different style, and and we'll we'll get to that at the end because even the announcer says they're all doing different styles. So um, back to the Americans, they have them all sit down, which feels very reminiscent of uh, in class when you're waiting for for them to hand out belts, and they call up yeah. five people who will be on the U.S. national team, and so James Earl Jones takes these five guys that we've met, Grady, uh, Tommy, uh, Chris Penn, I don't remember his name, Travis, Travis, uh, Sonny, and Virgil, and and gives them a pep talk, and uh, he says, okay, this is your your last night in town, you are mine, you will eat, sleep, and shit competition, which is gross, but yeah, and so... um, they take them out for, I guess, one last night on the town when whatever town oh, they're in... It's a tiny town. You can tell. If you've ever lived in the country, you know where they are. Um, obviously, I don't know the town itself, but they're in a little country town, so I don't know why they're having the tournament there. They don't show you the town. They show you the shitty little dive bar, the country as hell, with a couple pool tables in the back, and this is where everyone in town is. Like, the place is packed. So, a place like that in the city would get nobody. But I feel like this is the type of movie that would have said, this is Dallas. Probably. That's not what Dallas... We live in Fort Worth. That's not what Dallas looks like. I could see a bar in Fort Worth looking like that, but even then, Fort Worth has almost a million people. It's it would a really still big city. not be full. It would look like no. Rusty's. Like, <laughs> yeah. MTS, Rusty's. Uh, that's her favorite pool hall. That's, um, that's your favorite pool hall, too. What? So, oh, I thought you said her. Whatever. Anyway, so I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> Shitty bar. Yeah. So they they go out. They have a very um. I'll call it a mixed bag of jokes and entertainment and in. So okay, Sean Penn is basically Kano from Chris, the new Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Sorry. Uh, Travis is basically Kano from the new Mortal Kombat. He's a total asshole, and he's, like, super kind of rapey. Um, and he... Yeah, he's gross. <laughs> uh, so it, we get a, uh, to watch him do what he does as the other guys are sort of, like, chilling out, and the the silly Buddhist gets his girl without trying at all probably because he's the only young guy in the entire bar yeah uh, and of course chris penn starts a, a fight where we get to see the taekwondo see guy the guys in action off. yeah so chris penn basically kind of uh, steals a, a girl away from her guy at the pool table she goes off and dances with him he has his fingers so far up her flat ass that she looks like a sock puppet yeah, it, it, it's weird. Not sexy, just gross. And then her boyfriend just knocks her out. Yeah, her boyfriend gets mad, and so he goes in to punch Travis, but punches his girlfriend straight in the face right away. Uh, Which, it's awful. But so, then, and then hilarity ensues. Meanwhile, uh, Grady, who's kind of the good guy, is on the phone talking to his mother, who was watching his son. He's a widower, so that's kind of his, his backstory. So he's staying out of trouble. Meanwhile, all his buddies are fighting in the bar, and eventually James Earl Jones just kind of waltzes in, gets <laughs> a drink, watches every you know, tables being, pool sticks being broken, like and, and he's like, well, that, those are my boys. All right, men, break it up. Let's let's go. Well, and then we, so they, the, every fight in this with the Americans is pretty much a way to show off Simon. Um, I, I'm sorry. I keep saying Simon. It's Philip. Philip. It's Philip Reed. Simon's the um, hot one with the iPad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tommy, 
use the character name. They're just using all the fights to show him off. Everybody else, it's kind of a normal, like, bar fight. We're going to throw shit at people and smash them with uh, the, the lamps that hang down with the core sign and stuff like that. And so they finish up their, their fights. They destroy the bar. Destroy completely. And um, the man that represents the U.S. Uh, national team is just like, all right, let's fucking get out of here. Let's go. Let's not pay for anything. Let's not see if anybody needs to go to the hospital. Let's just clear out, boys. There's oh, the boys are going to be boys. Yeah. Um, uh. The only thing I don't really like about this is when they're, when they're leaving... Um, Tommy and Grady are, are kind of talking to each other, and Grady's kind of like, I guess trying to cheer up Tommy, and Tommy's like, I didn't want to fight. He sounds like a, a pouty little kid. Yeah, Tommy's this is definitely a, a goody two-shoes. This is another 80s martial arts, like... Trope? Tr- yeah, trope, because they're trying to force you to accept, like, martial arts are great, and they're nice, and real martial arts don't like to fight, um... Which is true, but it comes off very. The way I, of the warrior. It comes is a off one. just bullshit. It every time. Yeah. Uh, Karate Kid does it a lot. Guess who has more fights than anybody else I've ever watched outside of maybe Rambo. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. I I don't like to fight Daniel Son. That's why I have one every freaking week. Every other every scene week he's fighting. So uh, granted. Racism, so but. they okay. So they had their fun at the bar, and now training begins, and we both have just in our notes this bitch. So, uh, all right. So, so coach, we'll just call him coach. That's James Earl Jones. Does uh, I never really see him do any fight training. He just does conditioning. He's just like, go run laps, go do push-ups, yeah, kick these pads. One so, one scene where they're in a ring, and he sort of he's says not even saying anything helpful. He's but just it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it, but. He's, he's basically their conditioning coach, and then he has this nerdy guy that just kind of and looks he calls, over stats or and something. And he calls him the conditioning coach. Yeah, he doesn't do squat. He holds a pad, which anybody can hold a pad. And it talks like boomer. Yeah. yeah so, this bitch. Um, so, they bring in uh, Coach's boss at his dismay. America the Association, yeah. basically. They hire a white blonde woman to come in and basically teach the boys the way of eastern philosophy so the moral of the story for this movie is that asians specifically koreans must be studied for a lifetime to understand they're not just normal people they're superhuman and they're insane and you have to live there. This is her backstory. She's, I've lived in the Far East. The Far the East. The Far East. It's the 80s. Stop. Mm. The Far East. It's Take a plane trip. That's all you gotta do. She said she's lived, these are her qualifications. She's lived in the Far East and she studied Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, yoga. and meditation. Okay, Hinduism and yoga come from India, which is not the Far East, if we're gonna Nipping. get technical about yeah. that. That's, that's Southeast Asia, or it's South, Southern Asia, but it's, it's not the Far East. Okay, when they're talking about the Far East, what they really mean is China, Korea, and Japan. So, uh, she also, she also holds a belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, she explains no. that she holds a, holds has a belt. a belt. Holds a belt. Now, we see the belt later. She murdered a grandmaster somewhere and stole his belt. Yeah, because this is ratty old gray belt that's probably 60 years old. And she didn't, it's not her belt. We know this because our grandmaster had a belt like this, 
but he got it like, when he was like 15. 60, 60 yeah. more than 60 years ago now. I think 65 ish years ago, he got his first black belt and he kept it because it was from his master. And we've seen it, you know, in like a in frame. a frame. He's worn it too. And it is, it looks used. It It's turned that like dark, ashy gray color. That's what she's wearing later in the movie whenever she has to show them how to break, which oh, we'll also. So, yes, yeah, so they bring her in to condition their minds. And this is when we get into our first training montage. And this is amazing because it shows what the American guys are doing, which is just kind of your standard. Yeah, they're hitting pads and they're not doing, they're doing it very sit-ups well. With some and games. they're doing people sit-ups. holding their feet. They're doing like 1980s gym class stuff. They're running around on a soccer lawn with the little the sprinkler going. Meanwhile, in Korea, these badasses. If you watch this, and I don't know how many people would have heard this meme, but I've seen it with other characters. You could hear in the background, they're so goddamn cool! Like, just every time they're on the screen and they are training, there's like three, two to three montages apiece for each side. And the Koreans always look awesome. Yeah, they're doing one where they're doing like a wheelbarrow thing where one guy has another guy's legs and they're doing push-ups down they're, the stairs. They're, they're bouncing jumping, on, jumping push-ups down the stairs. Not like walking down, which would be cool enough and oh, hard no. enough. Jumping. Yeah. Push up all the way up off the ground, catch themselves on the next damn step. And it's like at least a hundred steps. Oh it yeah, they're, like they're at some cool old stone they, temple. You, they it's, see them running through snow like Rocky. They're basically Rocky from Rocky Four. When he's in Russia and he's Five like, of them. Yeah. And they can kick. <laughs> yeah, they do kicks and stuff. And also, um, something that's fun, if you like action movies or martial arts movies or sometimes movies that have fight scenes but they're not very good, what we like to do is pick music to play over oh, the dance montage. Movies too. And dance movies. We've done this with dance we've movies. We've done this with dance movies and we've done it with action movies and it's really fun, especially if it's kind of a cheesy movie. And so they play this movie of course plays horrible, cheesy eighties music. For this oh, one, so this bad. time I played Fucking Problems by ASAP Rocky. <laughs> So that was that was our first montage. I'll tell you what I played for the second montage, but I, I encourage I you to do this at home. When you're watching a movie with a fight scene or a battle scene and it's cheesy, oh, just pick a song awesome. from your playlist Especially if you've, and play uh, you, over it. Uh, we've done this with ones we haven't watched yet, and it's worked out really well. But if you already know it, it's even better because you can kind of sit and think of one. Because mm-hmm. um, my uh, choice is... Um, Concentrate by Exhibit. Yeah, that was a cool song. Uh, Meditate. With a Concentrate, yeah. Somebody chanting in the background. Yeah, it yeah, it was kind of that Eastern philosophy. Do this with anything. We, we've done it, yeah, with dance movies like Honey. Honey's terrible. <laughs> and um, Robin Hood. Yes, yeah, Robin Hood with Taron Egerton. We'll get around like, to both of them. That is a terrible movie. We, we will do the, that. That music those. montage was probably the best best we've ever done. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. So anyway, we have our first training. I have in, in my notes, there's conditioning, but there's very little fighting. I think it's because they were too lazy to do a lot of fight choreography, except for Philip and Rhea and the, the other Koreans. But they don't do a lot of fight choreography or sparring with no. um, the American guys. Yeah, no, let's and, think about it. And honestly, okay, I started thinking about sparring classes that I've been to. There is some conditioning. Yeah, you might do some running yeah. and push-ups. And kicking pads and stuff. But when you're training for a fight, especially when, when you're training sparring in general, you have to practice with people. And if you're training for a tournament, 
you have to practice with partners. You have to do drills. Yeah, there's no partner you have to have drills. S- no. They have uh they have one scene where they they hit pads and you can tell who's done this stuff before. I mean, pretty much any of the actors that aren't Korean, they, they really haven't done it. Not really. But I think yeah. one of the other Americans looked okay. They hit the pads and they duck. But the uh the Hang on. Th- Hang on. Sorry we folks, we're having difficulty. we're having technical difficulties. Okay, okay we we're back. I don't oh, know what happened. My head motion. They duck, but okay, so Eric Roberts, um, Grady, he does his punches and he full on bows his head, moves it over, and comes back up every single time. Please don't hit your head on my granite desk. I specifically didn't. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah, there's So they're terrible. Yeah, and then also, oh we we talk about their Asian training. Where the tall white lady comes back and says, Ah, oh, this is Asian training. So they're sitting in a classroom watching a video of a board breaking demo and they're like ooh look at these scary Koreans and coach says oh this will put you in the hospital they're doing no. 360 kicks on like half inch pine you boards broken bones broken bones which ooh. I mean can happen you can do it to yourself I've nearly broken my hand but trying to back okay. this board because I was stupid so here's the problem with movies and martial arts in general uh, maybe not in general but they, this is a pretty big thing um Yes, I'm okay with people training on, like, breaking boards. It is difficult. Yeah. If you ever do it with the real ones, not the, the little, like, demo boards where you're kind of just showing you can do the motion, but, like, the legit one-inch one pine boards and usually multiple. Like, if you are if you ever test for black belt, you usually have to stack two or three of those together on every single station. Mm-hmm. Um, that is difficult because is, you yeah. because you have to feel the pain of it and not be afraid of that and go through it. That's fine. But whenever they show this stuff in movies or to layman's, which nobody's fault, they don't know. But it's not like, oh, they can break a board, they can flip around, so if I just punched them in the face right now, it wouldn't work. No, you could just stand in one spot and hit them in the face and it would probably do something. <laughs> you might win if all you knew how to do was punch. They're not super people just because they can break a freaking no, board. No, I mean, I can break a board. And I'm a big, big old wuss. But, but they're, they're can, playing it up like... Yeah, they're playing it up like, it's, oh, it's, it's so scary, and it's they're going to put you in the hospital. It Okay, does breaking take some skill? Yes, it does. It's when you're getting, like AJ said, uh, thicker boards... Um, it does take a lot of it. It's it's a good activity for focus and precision and speed. I've done it wrong enough times to know that it really hurts. If you do it, you can do it wrong, and it hurts, and it feels really good when you do it right. Oh, it feels good. It still hurts. But it does not equate to fighting. No, it doesn't mean I can go <laughs> beat the crap out of everybody just because I can break some boards. So, but they're scaring them, saying, "Well, these are what these Asians just call them Koreans." Yeah, yeah they keep swapping. Keep, they keep swatching. They keep saying just Asians. Like we the, know it's the Korean this team. This super them respectful woman who has studied them like a National Geographic channel in the woods. <laughs> like she's she's so well educated about Asians that she doesn't call them Koreans half the time. Yeah, even though that's who specifically they are training to fight but, the Koreans. Okay, you know why it matters that she's saying Koreans? Because they're doing Taekwondo. If they were doing, if they, if it was Chinese, she should probably say Chinese, they would probably be doing Kung Fu or something. In Japan, they do karate. Yeah, they are not the same. Or and the people jiu-jitsu. aren't the same. So 
freaking call them Koreans. Yeah, and so we we meet the Korean team, and we meet um, kind of the the villain antagonist of the movie, uh, Day Sun Park or Day Han Park. Day Han Park, who is played by Philip Ree's hot brother with an eye patch. I swear the eye patch makes him look really sexy. He's he's a good looking man. Sorry, Whatever. he is. So, um, and this leads into Tommy's dilemma. So Tommy has a dream. <laughs> And I'm sorry, it's so bad. The acting is so bad. Tommy has a dream where he's a little boy. He's got a little ice cream he's a little cone. Chinese boy. He's yeah, it doesn't yeah. I, <laughs> I I might be wrong, and this is. I've taught a lot of Korean kids. That kid didn't look Korean. The kid, the actor. That didn't kid look, looked Chinese. He didn't look Korean at all. But anyway, he's at a tournament, and okay. I'll talk about the set the setting of the tournament later because I disagree with what Coach says about it. So um, he is watching who we find out is his older brother in a sparring match with Hot Dehan with the eye patch, who spin kicks him, and the brother falls and hits his head on the ground, which is a, a bad thing. They're not wearing headgear. And he falls and hits his head, which, you know, maybe you should have tucked your head, bro. But it can happen. It can happen also, on very easy things. It can happen to the best of us. So. He also kicked him when he was, like, on one Yeah, he, he kicked him when he was down. It was it was dirty fighting. And so he dies. The brother dies. But I'm sorry. I laughed at it because this little kid's acting is so bad. <laughs> because you can't. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. But this is the reaction. Just straight face. And then not even, like, meh, crying. It was just, like, he was. It looked like he was sad because his ice cream cone fell out of his hand, and you not because his brother son of died. A bitch. So, so he realizes, like he sees that. Oh, he's gonna have to fight the guy who killed his brother, and no one wants to talk about it. it yeah, even coach. Like, I think he tells uh, the conditioning guy. That that dude. I can't understand him. He doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, know? don't let this get out. We can't let this go. He's got a tape of it. And so here's here's the twist. Is that Coach uh, Kuzo is his name. Coach Kuzo was the... He said he was the coach of that team. I'm sorry. If you look at that, it looks like it was filmed in like a crappy basketball gymnasium of a high school on a Saturday afternoon. That was not a yeah, national tournament. No. And also, I know he's a little kid, but I still find it suspect that Tommy wouldn't remember him at all. He wouldn't, like, okay, if this guy had coached Tommy's brother, he would have known their parents. He would have known he, Coach Cuso. He certainly remembered they, the guy with the eye patch, but he didn't they remember would Coach Cuso. They would have known him by name. There's no way he wouldn't know who it is and then them talk about it at some point. But they never address they each never, other. They never, he's like, oh, Coach Cuso's like, oh, we got to keep this a secret. And finally the white lady gets it out of him. And so Tommy has a, a, a big meltdown over that. But before that, there's the second training montage. And this time... <laughs> Which is 80s um, workout machine porn, basically. Yes, exactly. Like, it's close-ups of their, their chest doing machines and... It's machine... It, the 80s were the time of machines. Yeah. I, I expect, I suspect, not expect, that if I went back to the 80s, dumbbells would have been eradicated or something because they it's all 80s movies they all have that chest that thing, chest press thing. the chest fly and they all have like the shoulder uh, yeah press, so they do and that it. and so the song i chose for this one was give it to me baby by rick james bitch <laughs> that was our song for this workout montage and meanwhile the koreans are doing things like um knife hand chopping trees 
and meditating in a waterfall where you can see them shivering because they're so they cold. They don't chop through the trees. They just, they just strike I, them. I kind of wish... I, I don't mean chop as in chop. Literally. I kind of wish they would. Yeah. Like, if they had just, like, ebbed away at it and... No, they, they're just striking just the... Back to showing, like, look how badass and scary these Koreans are. Shirtless in the snow, just okay, standing yeah, in one I'm spot. Yeah, I'm okay with that. They're shirtless in the waterfalls. And I'm, like, I'm here for that. God. They don't even yell. And then also, the best part of this montage is that there's a guy who's supposed to be Chris Penn doing, like, speed oh, kicks Lord. and 360 kicks on a speed bag, which isn't even really the right piece of no. equipment for that. But you only see the back of this guy's body and the back of his head, and it's clearly not Chris In Penn. fact... It is clearly not him. To cover it up even more, um, they do show Chris Penn, like, punching it, but it's, like, from below. Like, if, you, if the camera was sitting on his feet, and looking up at him, you see him, like, punching. Which wouldn't even be right, because the way he had to reach for the kick, it would look like it was way up higher than And it. then you see this this little skinny son of a bitch do a flying 360 roundhouse, which Chris Penn doesn't do any other kicks. He didn't kick at all. In the movie at yeah, all. Yeah, Does this flying 360 roundhouse, and he turns around to the camera, whips his head, and you can see it's some, like, teenager with a wig on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome, because that that's the funniest part. So... Then, drama ensues with our two main heroes. Grady gets a call that his son, Walter, has been hit by a car. Oh no, Walter's only five. He was so little, the driver couldn't see him. And so he goes to Coach Kuzo and says, look, I gotta go, my kid's in the hospital. He, he might lose his leg. And, okay. Oh, coach. Coach, fuck you, Coach. Kinda fuck you, James Earl Jones. Yeah, why? He, they... he doesn't care at all. He's like, you signed up for this. His kid no, is in the hospital, no, you asshole. Is, we have priorities! Yeah, that's, that's how he said <laughs> it. Not... Okay, Mufasa. Um, <laughs> yes, they have priorities. Like, his child is in the hospital. We later find out he's in a coma. Yeah, look at it from my situation, coach. I'm not in your situation, Grady. Oh, you son of a bitch! That is, <laughs> that is stone cold as I. Darth Vader had more heart than that. Darth Vader, in the end, knew how to be a father. Coach Kuzo must not. have not had any kids. I, uh... I don't have kids, too, and I have more of a heart He was too busy that. getting fat and training Taekwondo people. You mean not training them? Because I mean, there was a whole lot of not training going on in this Which, movie. by the way, there's no way that I can accept that he's a coach. I know coaches get out of shape to some degree sometimes, but all the ones I know can still do a good chunk of... Like, even I can't do the, uh, the kicks that I used to be able to do where I just popped up into a, a spinning... Jump, uh, jump spin kick, jump spin kick, um, but they could still move around and kick and spar and punch, do all these things. The, no, yeah. Coach Kuzo has never done a single thing. Like so that, he hasn't done that, and he also doesn't care at all that Alex Grady's kid could die. So Grady goes to the hospital and he's crying. You know, he doesn't want his kid to die. And then, like the next day, he's back. And, oh, here's his Buffalo Bill moment. He goes up to the coach. Why don't you act it out for I, us, AJ? I don't. I'll beg. Do you want me to beg? I'll get on my knees. He's, like, sucking in his own face the whole time. Coach, would you fight me? I'd fight me. He's, I feel it puts like, the tiger bomb in the basket. I feel like Eric Roberts knew... 
Like, I don't think he's ever made... Oh, he's never been a big role in any particular movie. No. Uh, I've, I've seen him in several things, but he's always kind of a background guy. I think in this one, they were like, look, you got a crying scene. And he was like, I'm fucking going for it. He's like... He ugly face, cries. I can't and, tell yeah. if it's sweat or they... It looks like they sprayed his whole face with a, with a Windex bottle. It doesn't look like he's crying and he's kind of, he's kind of snotty. It looks like his whole face is drenched, not even in a sweaty way, just flat out. Somebody threw a bucket of water on, but his hair is perfectly dry. Oh, it's that perfect hair is perfectly and, dry. Yeah. Oh, coach, and coach is a dick again. Yeah, he's so a total dick about. It. He's like, well, yeah, and he just ignores him. And so, meanwhile, Tommy um, accidentally kicks his training partner Virgil to the ground. Which, um, I've been on the receiving end of a kick that knocks you to the ground when you're holding a pad. And while it's not fun, it's actually hilarious as it's happening. Um, Virgil hits his head. I didn't hit my head because I knew to tuck. Uh, but this person next to me, uh, uh, you back kicked or side kicked a, a pad I was holding so hard yeah, that I, I tumbled backwards for what seemed like 30 minutes. And I finally fell on the ground. And it was hilarious. It was a sliding side kick. It was a sliding side kick. That's what it was. And I just felt like I was... No, oh, in slow motion, <laughs> falling backwards. So, so, so Tommy back kicks Virgil, and Virgil hits his head. So he's having flashbacks, and he's like, "Oh no, I killed this guy just like that guy killed my brother." Yeah. So he gets on a motorcycle and rides off well, into the sunset. Does he leave before he wakes? He does leave before he wakes up, doesn't he? Yeah, remember. yeah, because he gets so upset. Um, he gets so upset that he rides off into the sunset and he yeah, says he's never gonna do it again. Dumb aviator. I I do like the Eric Roberts. Like you're an asshole if you leave. <laughs> yeah. And it's real quiet, so you barely hear it on the screen. Was, you leave, you're an asshole. Yeah, he didn't like, even stay to see if Virgil was okay, which is no. what upset him in the first place. But here's what turns him around. He goes to a gas station, and he sees two brothers, and they're holding ice cream cones. And the little, the younger brother drops his ice cream cone on the ground. He looks down, and he's sad. And the big brother's like, hey, man, you can have my ice cream cone. So remember when he had this fever dream of him yeah, remembering so his brother's death, he dropped his ice cream cone. Needed, and that was symbolic of, you know, losing your brother. He needed to somehow see that to remember, oh, yeah, I was doing this for my brother. He's doing it for his brother, so like, now he he's totally kinda, forgot yeah. that shit. Now he's okay. kind of out for revenge. So that seems to have happened. There's a lot of stuff that happens between the scene where he leaves and the scene where he sees the ice cream cone with the kids. So it seems like a whole day's worth of shit goes by. The team continues to train. Grady's um, back. The uh, the bitch comes back <laughs> and tells off the coach for Grady's not back yet. Oh, he's not. Um, okay. Tells off the coach for everything he's doing, basically kicking Grady out. The stuff about uh, Dayhan. Keeping it a secret yeah. about Dayhan. And. So then they go back after we find... That's where they reveal that he, he... I coached that team. This is my failure. If they lose, it's fine. But they have to give it all. <laughs> Whatever. And then... So they can be the best. So all of that happens. And then the guys come back. They seem to have been recently showered. So they already did their workout. Uh, he, uh, coach got bitched out. They had time to shower, come back. Pack their bags. They seem to have packed all their shit. They tell Coach that they need to let Tommy and Grady back in, um, because even Travis, who we haven't been given a reason for him to change. No, his Travis mind at all. has been super racist to Tommy. Like the whole literally, time. the last scene he was talking in, not the last scene he was in, the last scene he was in before that, he tried to cheap shot uh, Tommy. The yeah. v the very scene before that, the last time he was talking, 
he was making fun of the white boy for eating Asian food and telling him he's gonna turn into basically turn into a chink pretty much. Yeah, he says Dick's some gonna shrivel up. Like, racist, racist like, stuff. really aggressive shit. And he's quoting directly. This is not AJ saying this stuff. No. He's quoting directly from the movie. And th- this part actually is really funny. When they're having that conversation, he gets in uh, Tommy's face and he's like, well, you, more, you aren't gonna stand up and say something? You yella? Because <laughs> he, he's like, Where's a damn cowboy hat the whole movie? So he's, you know, he's a country he's a tough man. Guy. So he's like, you yella? And uh, Tommy just looks at him and says, obviously. And they all <laughs> yeah, laugh like, at Travis. And yeah, that, so, that was actually very funny yeah, to me. Okay. But anyway, so. The gang gets so back together. So all of that happened yeah. between the time he left and got to that gas station. Yeah, and so then he comes back. We see him come back, but we don't really see Tommy come back until the boys are all at the airport. And Tommy just shows up, and Coach happens to have a ticket just for him. He's got his boarding pass and everything. This is uh, pre nine no, eleven, so you no, know, uh, no airport security or anything like what that. What did he say? No apologies offered or taken. Something like that. It's just like, hey, you're welcome back to the team. So they go to Korea, and we come to the big final scene. And who do we see in the audience but Grady's son and his mother? This child was in a coma with his leg in a cast like two days ago. He's probably fine. He's not fine. Okay. Kids come out of comas all the time. This was, okay, this was bound to come up at some point. It's coming up on our second podcast. So I tore my ACL last year. And he's roll. AJ's rolling his eyes right now. We knew this was going to come up. But I had reconstruction surgery. It's a major surgery. I didn't go anywhere except physical therapy in my doctor's office for like two months. Yeah, I certainly couldn't have gone on an international flight. Flight. I couldn't even drive for about two months. There's no way that kid could have gone on an international flight to Korea like two days after he comes out of a coma, still with his a, a broken leg or something. So yeah, he's still probably figuring out crutches. Like yeah, I mean <laughs> it takes a while to I know because I had to use them. I mean it. It's. Yeah, having had a, 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 I wasn't in a coma, but, you know, I was laid up for a while. And I, I couldn't even do traveling across Texas until sometime in the late, earlier part of 2021. I didn't even do long-distance travel then. So this is probably the biggest thing I call bullshit on in this whole movie, is that yeah. that kid flew from wherever they were in the Midwest to Korea a few days after he got out of... The hospital. I just don't care because I didn't care about the kid. Yeah, they didn't really. Sorry. He was just like the typical <laughs> '80s kid that you have for yeah, to pull on your heartstrings. With the kids, no, no he was like... just there. I mean, Alex was a good father. He cared about him. So, um, so yeah. So Grady's kid is there for some reason, and then they, there's a crowd. They're they're whooping it up. They've got Korean flags, and we have an announcer who who is kind of gives some nice exposition through the whole thing, yeah. and he he says, well, this is a combination of he said, well, taekwondo is so deep in the culture of Korea, but this is really a combination of taekwondo, karate, judo, and kickboxing. He talks about the it's, style of fighting they do in these this karate tournament that it's not. So okay, so this is the '80s. That means that. All, uh, no one's ever heard of Taekwondo ever. So, they had to call it karate. Yeah, that's what we figured. It was just kind they, of, they used karate as a catch-all they phrase basically, for martial arts. They basically... Because everybody knew karate. Through, through context, this guy is basically saying that this is their version of karate. As in, this is interchangeable with karate. They just call it Taekwondo over here. He doesn't say that. It's just the way that he announces it, that's 
your implication. Yeah, but it's not. Which, yeah, it's Karate not. Karate and Taekwondo are different, very different was, martial arts. If it was going to be Korean karate, it would be Tang Suda, which these two brothers aren't a part of, so obviously it wouldn't be yeah. that. But I don't know why they had... It's called Best of the Best. It's not like karate is in the name. They, I think they very well could have just called it Taekwondo. They but could have, but it was back 1989. Then, even um, pe- uh, uh, people coming from Korea and opening schools here, they did have Korean karate over their schools sometimes because no one had heard of Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, so it's just a very strange... Yeah, I mean, all, when we watch it now, it's, it's weird, but it probably made sense to mainstream audiences in the 80s because the Karate Kid had come out a few years before that, and it was very, very popular. And so, even as a kid, when I asked my parents when I wanted to do martial arts, I said I wanted to do karate. That was all I'd ever heard of, and that was all I knew. I didn't, I'd never heard of Taekwondo before, but that Taekwondo school is what my little town had, so that's what I did. Um, so we're at the tournament... And all the guys go through their fights. And, and now we get a little more. The choreography is a little bit better. Um, yeah. It's still very awkward with so, the Americans, except for Tommy. The Italian they don't try with at all. No. He just gets his ass beat. Um, Virgil does Virgil <laughs> does his yell about Virgil, 360s. Yes, yeah. Virgil, strangely enough, he does this thing, um, which I, I feel like the actor like did it in practice and really liked it. So they're like, ooh, okay, okay, we'll put it in the fight to let you feel like you're really doing something that you enjoy um so he does this 360 twice a 360 roundhouse uh but the problem with it he doesn't do it like the koreans were in the demonstrations or any of that shit he does a turnaround step kick turnaround step kick his this feet is, don't leave the ground no. usually in a 360 roundhouse you jump this which, is fine yeah. if you're teaching it to low rankings um, but you don't... That, that's how I first learned it. 360s are kind of hard enough to kick somebody with when they're a good full speed one. Yeah. This one wouldn't be shit. What they really should have no, done... No. Theoretically, what he should have done was done a bunch of sidekicks because he has very long legs. Yeah, he was but, he's built... Virgil, I mean, they didn't show him fight until the end and Virgil is built like modern day Taekwondo athletes who yeah, are all tall, tall and lanky, long legs... Um, so we get Virgil's fight, he loses, and then it's, okay, now it's Chris Penn, it's Travis, and he's sort of like, we're supposed to think that he's on the team because he sort of fights dirty. He's kind of a bad boy. But right within the bounds of what's legal, which he really doesn't. Yes. But, um... And that gets us to... The... Breaking. Which we need to which we need to rewind for a moment. I'm gonna do a little parentheses in our podcast and say so. The way they they said that the tournament goes by Eastern rules, and with Eastern rules, if you have a tie, it's determined by strength and skill. Yeah, and what that means rule. that's bullshit. For this movie, it means breaking a very high stack of bricks. Now, when they told the Americans this, Miss Wade. Our white lady, Eastern expert, did a really poor hammer fist. And, and um, oh, if you're watching this, the video, it looks like this. She's got her thumb up, and it's just, it's very she, weak. First, she she puts her hands on the top of the boards oh, or whatever. You're supposed to kind of measure like, his face. But like this. In a very condescending this way. This limp wrist bullshit. And then she pulls her hand up, open. Open hand. Like, super loose. Not a little bit. Like, okay, I'll tell you what it's like 
for a grandmaster or master to teach you. Put your hand forward. Pick your backhand up. Breathe in and switch them. Do it again. That's Do it. it again. Yeah. Hit to the ground. Bend your knee. That's what it sounds like. Not. I'm having flashbacks you, of class. Not. You have to see yourself. Be one with the brick. Being is your bone is the brick. Whatever. And then yeah. hitting. That is not the way it works. It's actual just little tweaks and techniques like you would see in any sport. Yeah. Like oh you kicked it wrong. Kicked okay. that, a ball wrong. So, kick it this way. So anyway, that's what they do to determine a tie. She also broke through like a bunch of boards, which was bullshit. That was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Miss, Miss Wade, her, her breaking was bullshit, up. her breaking was bullshit, and her like belt that. was bullshit. So whatever. So uh, Chris Penn, Travis, and his opponent have to do uh, a tiebreaker with bricks that are, they're stacked very high to the ground. So usually if you're, if somebody's doing a break with um, little concrete with bricks, it's usually pretty low to the ground, and when I've seen it done, it's with a palm heel, so the, the bottom thick part of your hand, and you go straight down. And so their techniques are questionable with these obvious foam things that they have for oh, the yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, they're so bad. So Travis does a straight-down punch. Ugh. I mean, he was wearing those gloves, wasn't he? I don't know. Even the even a strong man. Yeah, I think they were still wearing the gloves. I don't think gloves. even a strong man could do that without seriously damaging your hand. Eh. There's a time and place for punching, and I okay, don't think it's Okay, I've with definitely bricks. seen a video of a Korean breaking granite with oh his God. fist. So eh. I don't know. But Shot, not this uh, Chris Penn definitely wouldn't be able to do no, it. No, his punch kind of skimmed the top of it. He oh yeah, most it's, of them. it's at like a thirty degree angle. Yeah. So <laughs> then his opponent does. A rich hand, which is with kind of the meaty part, uh, if you're looking at your hand, the meaty part between your index finger and your thumb. You stick your hand out like you're going to shake a hand, and you shove your thumb down to where it's flat with the top of your hand. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. And so, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't really believe that that guy could have really done it, but the execution was no. more believable because yeah. this guy looked like he had some training. I don't training. think he could have. No. Broken a bunch of, but I I feel like whoever the guy that did it, that he picked knew, that because yeah. I bet he has done it in real life. But yeah, he probably but has broken boards that way. The guy's it. execution of the ridge hand was really good. He, yeah. The Koreans all had wonderful technique. They they had obviously had training. They knew what they were doing. So that's the tiebreaker. They also didn't have to speak any English, so they didn't have to get people that were technically, like, actors. No, they just got they taekwondo just, guys. Yeah, they're all legitimately taekwondo yeah, people, good. you can tell. Um, so then we get to Grady's fight, and um, he does his weird hands up in the air, and his fingers splayed, and his cat stance. What I love about it, I was nerding out the whole time because they were using Korean commands, uh, like, for attention and bow and, and pause and fight and all that stuff, so it was giving me some good flashbacks. So, uh, yeah, in this karate tournament, they're using all these Korean commands, so whatever. Um, and so Grady's fighting a guy, and, of course, if a character has an injury, yeah, you know this injury is going to come back later. And so he gets um, hit pretty badly it's in the It's an axe kick, it's straight flying, to the shoulder. Yeah, it's a, it's a flying axe, it so a jumping axe awesome. kick. It looks freaking cool. <laughs> and I think they had shown a video. His opponent had broken bricks or something doing a jump axe kick. So, uh, an axe kick is pretty powerful. I do think you could 
The well, right person and the, the right technique, you could do some serious damage. The thing with about it. the cor- especially they, on someone's collarbone. They choreographed it that he had like already knocked him to one knee or something. He so was he was already down, down, down and then he came do down anyway. with it. So that makes sense. So um, his shoulder is dislocated, and here's another trope they do in these movies: just like ah, oh, just pop it back in, pop it back in, and everybody always knows how to, yeah, I guess relocate that a joint that's been is, dislocated. So, so he gets his thing popped out. And he oh. flops back to the corner. It looks it's really gross. weird. It's he's gross like, the way he moves. I mean, he's holding his arm behind him, which is all fine. But it's the way he's like trying to move, and he keeps falling. It looks very it, strange. His, but his legs are. So, he looks like he tore his ACLs. I don't. So I don't yeah. disbelieve that he could. He himself probably could have. That character could have just grabbed it and thrown it up. Because my dad, uh, he popped his shoulder out. He counted, for some reason, 17 different times. Oh, my God. Throughout his entire life. And he knew, after the fir- the very first one, they were taking so long that he got pissed off. And he's just like, mm-hmm. And he picked it, picked it up and dropped it back in. So he knew exactly, pick it up, drop, where Your to go. Your dad's a legend. <laughs> kind of. Your dad's a freaking legend, so. Um, so I can see that, so. He could have just, I could accept that, but yeah, it is a little weird that there's always, like, everybody just, everybody knows how to pop a shoulder back into place. So anyway, he but doesn't want to go to the medic. He's at just least like, in this just, one. Just tape it up. I can hold him off for 30 seconds. Oh, so, he's screaming so he's this screaming entire time. With his buffalo, <laughs> with his buffalo bill voice. Pop it back in. Pop it back in. Pop it back Put in. Put the lotion couch. on my shoulder. So he pops it in. Meanwhile, the white lady's over there trying to get him to meditate. There's no pain you feel fine there's no pain and it works so they tape his arm up (laughs) and he kind of holds the guy off for about 30 seconds and he gets a point and he wins the match yeah oh and uh don't forget this is the first time coach like really gives some advice to what somebody should do useful advice it in the writing of the movie it's useful but it's stupid as oh yeah the rich hand he's like Use your rich hand. And he just goes in and he's like, okay. And he steps to the side and just smashes him in the face with the rich hand. It's kind of like if you had sent your boxer out and you told him, uh, do a hook. Do a rear hook. That's fine. But he doesn't say anything about how to set it up. He just tells him to do it. Yeah. And that doesn't work. You don't just do a move in fighting. You, You... you have to set it up, or you have to wait for them to do something yeah, you, you can't, where you can do it. You can't choreograph sparring. I remember having a student saying, hey, what if I do this, 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 uh, and this? And I said, well, you don't know. I said, you could, but you need to see what your opponent is going to do first. You have to count. You have to react and counter to their move. So it's it's not just, it wasn't do the rich hand. It was look for the opportunity to do the rich hand. I was also a terrible student. It if was you're out also, there, Trey, yeah. fuck you. Uh, it wasn't Trey. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't He's Trey. the one I remember... Over no, it. this was I'm a... sorry. I had a, a student that repeatedly, no matter what we taught, well, what if they do this? No, well, this, what was, about, this was a good student. What about this one? What, what if I did this? <laughs> okay, my bad then. No, no, um, no. Was, but, but yeah, fuck Trey, because whatever. Um, uh, but uh, no, this was a good student. But you can't just say, well, do, just punch him. Just kick him. No, yeah, there's, there's got to be a... a okay, setup. I remember... Um, I, I had one student that was really good at tournaments, uh, Sean. Yeah. And... I would tell him to wait. I would literally be... I used to scream a lot. Yeah, he did. Uh, at tournaments, you gotta be loud. Uh, but I would scream at him to wait, wait, wait. Then, as soon as the other guy moved, then I would tell him to kick. 
And I didn't tell him which kick. I just knew that he would kick what he needed to kick. Mm -hmm. So I would do things like that. I wouldn't go, go out there and use your roundhouse kick and not give him an explanation. But anyway, so Coach finally does some coaching. Yeah. And then he walks around with a shit-eating grin on his face. Oh, yeah, like he just saved the world. Yeah. But you know know what I do like? I just told him to do that. Yeah. (laughs) What I do like that this movie did not do is say, you know, you're telegraphing that wheel kick. This is true. They didn't use the word telegraph once. Telegraphing is such a cliche word. It's such a cliche. And Best of the Best, which is one of the most cliche martial arts movies of all time, didn't use the word telegraphing, and it's amazing. Telegraphing and use your opponent's momentum against them, Uh or their weight. It's momentum or weight. Which they didn't do that in this movie either, so points for that. Because guess what? It's taekwondo. Yes, they can't It's not judo. They do some some takedowns and stuff. And, And, okay, devil's advocate for, for nobody asked for it but in taekwondo we did teach takedowns and things yeah we, we did, did hot take keto type of throws stuff. And, and locks and um this is more like the old school but in the 80s you know style where the people coming over to teach were from military training uh the best taekwondo practitioners in korea were used to teach the military along with Hapkido instructors and they sort of mixed and matched their styles and interwove them. Yeah, so that's what we learned so, because our, our grandmaster did that, so, yeah, so that's what we learned. They have throws, but luckily they yeah. didn't say use a way to get you to Yeah, out. none of that. No, so there were some tropey things in this movie, but there also, also weren't, which was refreshing. So then we get to the final fight with the Ree brothers, so it's Tommy Lee against Hot Dehan Park with his eye patch. He, okay, Dehan is basically, uh, he should be an unlockable character in the next Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. He looks like it, he moves like it, he's got the one eye. It'd be, be perfect. Yeah, and so um, the the choreography on this is like next level compared to the, yeah. the the camera shots and things they do with the Americans who the you know the actress maybe got a little bit of training but they kind of have to do some some creative body shots and things or things with stunt doubles yeah. with the the Ree brothers they're just all over the place it's it's great fighting um, awesome choreography so they're very, very fun and, to watch I do appreciate that they had a lot of like switching and things which sounds like a very very simple thing but uh at least in taekwondo switching stances is a huge thing either to bait somebody or to switch so you can kick a different way or hit a different way and i never see it in other martial arts movies it's very rare but they do it a lot here and they they do that and then they do a fake and then they do some crazy Mm -hmm. kick and it's cool. They also don't seem to know what the rules are of the fights because yeah, it looks very good. It's something different. But every time. sometimes they'll do throws and then a hit, and sometimes someone will be down to their knee and they'll stop and they'll kind of get up, or sometimes they're on their knee and someone will just flat out kick somebody in the face yeah. while they're on the ground. Or um, there was one. Oh, there is one. Uh, well, actually two low kicks and it's from Philip Reed to Simon Ree so Tommy to Dehan he does like a a low side kick to the side of the knee ah. he messes it up that way I think he does a, a spinning sort of kick and then he hits and then he finally hits him in the face yeah so and, here's the big moment where he just 
beats the shit out of Dehan. Yeah. And poor Dehan, his eye patch comes off and he's just he's so punchy that he can't even walk straight and he's standing there and it's really maybe this is the part it's, where I cried because it was sad. And then Tommy's thinking about his dead brother and he's angry and he's got all these emotions. It's very anime esque. Like, I, I like, like it. It's like, it's oh, a big, keep standing. It's I know, and, that, and maybe that's the part where I cried because it's so it makes you want to cry just looking at. It. He's I so still, beaten down, and you know you think, oh, this guy kills somebody. We shouldn't feel sorry for him. But, I still call bullshit because yeah. his friends on the side and the coach are like, well, actually, coach, I don't know why, but um, James Earl Jones wasn't acting in this scene. He was just, no. Yeah, because he doesn't want Engrady's meanwhile screaming and crying like, you're going to kill him, you're going to kill him, don't do it. Don't do it. And so, here's, he could have won the match just by going... Just tap him. Just, he could have punched him in the stomach. He can't even have Anything, but they're like, no, don't hit him, he's going to die. Pop him with the ball of your foot. He won't even hit the ground, but But he doesn't. So Tommy stands there. Tommy stands there, and he loses, but he does it with honor. And so then we get to the very end... Where they have the the Korean team has won because they won by they did cumulative points, and so they have their medals on. And then this is the part that just gets me all choked up, you guys. Dehan limps up, and he, he kind of looks Simon. Er, no, he's Simon. He looks Tommy in the eye, and he says, "I wrote it down because I loved it. To save a life in defeat is to gain victory." with honor and I'm getting a little choked up thinking about that part and he he says he deeply regrets taking his brother's life and he said I offer myself in his place and I'm just like oh god it's so emotional and so they hug and they cry and Dehan gives him his medal and they cry some more I prefer the Eric Roberts one and then the guy next to him was like he like says his name and where he's from and he's like I know everything about you. He calls him the <laughs> and, Portland Warrior. And Grady's like, I know everything I ever want to know about you. And he's <laughs> crying. And so that guy gives Grady his medal. And then so that and the Korean team they all go comes one up. By yeah. one and get, it would be funny if one of them was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give my medal. I won this. I beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah, I so, don't want to so, give him my you know, medal. They all hug it out. Travis gives his opponent his hat. Um, Which I bet he loved. Oh yeah. K- Koreans that I've met, they when they're in Texas, they love it and they love to go with the full cowboy getup. Um, Take this bo- man to the, the stockyard. Bola, bola tie and the and the <laughs> full uh, cowboy hat and boots. Yeah, they love it. So yeah, and so uh, it's a feel good movie. Um, and Coach had given them the pep talk that they're going to be the best of the best. So you had to get the name of the movie in there somewhere. But it's. It's really emotional at the end. It's it's a cheesy movie, but it could be. I've seen cheesier. I've seen worse. It's a feel-good movie. Like I said, if, if you have a martial arts background, it makes it even more fun. It's like watching Dogma as a Catholic. It just gives you that inside knowledge, and you can laugh at it. But, you know, as far as just somebody who likes maybe a good action movie or a sports movie or kind of a feel-good movie, I think it's a guilty pleasure. What yeah, it's you? totally a guilty pleasure. It's a totally a guilty um, pleasure. And it's, considering it, it was, I know there was a partner who wrote on the movie, but it was basically written by, for, by the Reed Brothers, for the Reed Brothers. Um, considering it was written by some guys that came over from Korea and they, they did Taekwondo and they just really wanted to show Taekwondo, it's not bad. It's No, it's not bad at all. It's 
And it's it's just exact. It's kind of bare bones. It it's not a lot of extra. There's you need the sad story with Grady, so there's character development, and you need the sad story with Tommy, so he has a reason to really want to kick this guy's ass. Um, there's a couple of tropes that I don't like, like the the way that the oh, I don't like fighting. Me me me. I'm gonna pout, even though I love going to tournaments and hitting people. They are very different things. It's not fun to be in an actual fight, which is just out and about, because that's just that's not fun a terrible all. situation yeah. to be in. You're nerve-wracked. So, yeah, but, yeah, whatever. It was the 80s. It wasn't done to death. So, that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a guilty pleasure for sure. Oh, definitely a guilty pleasure. Um, we still have some recommendations if you want more, more along the same line, so... Um, mine is going to be, if you really want to lean into just kind of making fun of martial arts and taking the piss out of a little bit, is watch The Footfish Way with Danny McBride. It's kind of, it's a little independent movie. It's brilliant. It hits really close to home. If you do Taekwondo, it is hilarious. I don't know if they ever explain yeah. it in the, in that movie, but the reason it's called The Footfish Way yeah. is if you were to technically translate taekwondo that's kind of literally what it would be in english yeah um it actually means like to smash this, with the hands and, and, to smash and break with, with the, the feet, feet yeah. and and the way dough is the way mm-hmm. um the way of fighting with hands and feet is kind of like the long version yeah. so the foot um, and a fun fact i if i remember correctly that movie was based around ata specifically which is Chun Ri's um, oh, so conglomeration comes, of Taekwondo comes full circle, and it was done in an ATA school. Oh yeah, and the and students totally look like they, they did. Really... Okay, I will just say the demo in the parking lot at the beginning is like tear jerkingly real and funny. It is very real. It's so real. So um, that that's my recommendation. Also, um, their obsession with that guy that's basically Chuck Norris standing. Oh yeah. It's okay, yeah. Just anyway. just watch the foot this way. It's really funny, well, and and it's just it's a feel good, funny, hilarious movie that makes fun of Taekwondo. So my recommendation is Unsputed Three, because it's got. It, this is if you want the tournament. If you want the tournament, and for it to be really good choreography. I mean the whole thing, not like with. Uh, best of the best where you kind of got to pick and choose what you get um the choreography is great all the way through undisputed mm-hmm. three and if you haven't seen undisputed one and two it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter um it's a scott atkins scott, vehicle, so. scott atkins is amazing as boyka mm-hmm. and you'll want him to beat up everybody all the time oh, boyka is the the anti-hero of all anti-heroes we love boyka yeah so that's my recommendation um yeah so, I guess that's it for this one, right? That's yeah, all guilty pleasure. I'd say I'd say do it. So, so we've hit our Disney movie. We've hit a martial arts movie. We will. We're gonna try to keep mixing it up. Um, well, we're always gonna go by what we have available to us and what we're willing to go on, what we're in the mood to watch. Uh, but we're gonna try to hit some. What are our favorites? Dance movies, horror Dance. movies, uh, Christian movies. Yeah, uh, don't Christian hate movies, us. Stay, t- stay tuned, don't hate us. Uh, we we ha- actually we, like some of them. We have reasons. Um, so we'll be trying to get to a different style next week, um, or whenever. We we also don't have an official schedule. We're we have just full-time doing jobs, just get, yeah. cut us some slack. We have full-time jobs. I don't think they're like biting at the 
bit. Hey, maybe, maybe they are. We love our fans. So listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. Like and subscribe. Also, if you want to subscribe to our YouTube cha- YouTube channels, you can see us making silly faces um, at each other. Hopefully you can find it. We've been having a little bit ah, of trouble. Here's what you can do. Go to Movie Pain or Pleasure on Instagram and go to the link. I set up a Linktree account for us. Okay. Go to our Linktree and you can get to our Anchor account to listen to the podcast. If you missed the Cruella episode, you can listen to that. And then you can go to YouTube and see the videos of our podcast. Yeah. Leave comments of other movies you want to see and all that. Either it might, might be already on our list and we can move it up in the ranks. Or if it catches our eye, we'll go ahead and add that to the list and we can get to it when we get okay. to it. So that's all for now. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.